Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. Hallelujah, glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, glory, 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 glory to the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Let there be praise in the house today. Hallelujah, for the Lord is good. Hallelujah, and his mercy endureth forever. We thank the Lord for his goodness, for his greatness and his majesty and his power. Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for our praise and worship this morning. Thank you, Minister Smalls. Thank you, Brother Smalls. Thank you, Smalls family. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. We need the Lord. Every day that we live, we, we need the Lord. Amen. Some of you may wonder what was the difference between not having worship on Friday night and having worship this morning. Uh, there was a potential that I had been exposed to COVID-19 along with some other people who... Um, some of our members do have the virus, so let's definitely be in prayer for them. But I didn't want to, at the last minute, because I did get a negative test back, but it came back on Friday, and I've not had any symptoms, but I didn't want to be the one to expose people who may have come to worship on Friday night. And then opening up to people that don't normally fellowship with us and may not follow the protocols that we follow. So that was the difference between Friday night and Sunday morning. So let's continue to pray and let's continue to, um, to practice safety and not uh, and wear a mask and be vigilant. Be vigilant in this process. This virus is spreading rapidly. And uh, even though it seems to be less severe, the Omicron variant, than, than the Delta variant, but people are still getting sick, and I don't want to be sick. I don't want to end up in a hospital, nor do I want people who are close to me and, and I, that I love uh, to be sick. And definitely, even though people are dying, I don't want to be anybody in my family. Amen. And some people have the attitude, well, you're going to die anyway. That's true, but I'm not going to hasten it on. Amen. So let's be in prayer. I got a call from a friend of mine. Um, his mother and her husband uh, both ended up, well, went, mother was not admitted to the hospital, but her husband was admitted to the hospital. They don't live here, but it just lets us know how serious this is going forward. We need to just, just, just do what we need to do, and prayerfully uh, this thing is going to pass us by at least not have more effect than the common cold. Amen. We pray. Let's go to, to our scripture for today. I'll share a couple of more announcements at the end well, of the service. Uh, and then we will send those out by email. Acts chapter 20. Praise the name of Jesus. Verse 24 is where we're going to focus and Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 24, Paul says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Amen. We're going to talk about completing the task. Completing, completing the task. I said, I said this to, to someone 
And he said, you're not, you're not going anywhere, are you? I said, not until the Lord gets ready. <laughs> Amen. But there is, there, this is our theme for 2022, completing the task. And there are some things that this, this scripture and this theme will speak to. And as we, as we minister under this theme throughout the year, not just me, but our other ministers and elders who will, who will minister, there will be different perspectives that will be brought out to us from this theme. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your anointing. I do pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I may minister under your anointing today. Help me to be accurate in communicating what you want me to communicate. Help me to be thorough. Help me to communicate it in a way that it will be received uh, by your people to communicate effectively under your anointing. Speak to us. We need to hear from you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 So as I was praying about direction for our churches, not just here at home, but the churches that we cover in various parts of the world, I sense the Lord saying to me, it's time for my people to complete the task that I've assigned to them. Um, what I started in 2021, uh, I will continue. I will take you deeper and intensify in 2022. For the corporate body, this will require disciples maturing in their commitment levels to Christ and to his commission. It will require developing corporate unity and working in precision and timeliness. So I heard these words and prayed about this. The Lord led me to this theme, completing the task, and then to the scripture in Acts 20, 24, where Paul says, I consider my life nothing to me, if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Amen. I don't consider my life anything to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So in this statement, we see that Paul recognizes that his task is testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Wherever he goes, both, but in particular, as you read the context of this, to continue to proclaim this gospel, to take it to Jerusalem and on to Rome. Paul had the, ur the urgency in his spirit to go to Rome. Amen. And of course, when he appealed to Caesar uh, at the time that he was being tried, then he was going to have to go to Rome to appeal his case to Caesar. But the Jews had accused him of destroying the Jewish faith. So he has been actively proclaiming the gospel throughout Europe, throughout Asia. Um, well, I didn't look up the exact area, but when you read about his missionary journeys, and I think, I think um, this is the fifth missionary journey that he's on. When you read these, about these places, and if you would look at, at the globe uh, or at a map, you would see that he, met, he went a lot of places proclaiming the gospel, establishing churches, Amen. Establishing churches. And a lot of times, he did this at the detriment of his own life. Amen. It wasn't an easy thing for him. It wasn't like <clears throat> what, what we would call smooth sailing. You know, it wasn't like being here in the United States, preaching in the sanctuary, and not many people are going to oppose what you say. <laughs> Uh, he faced a lot of opposition. If you read the epistles, uh, he talks about some of the opposition. I think it's in Corinthians where he talks about some of that opposition. And here in this text, we can see if we read uh, chapter 19 and 
and, and chapter 20, you see some of the opposition that he faced as he proclaimed the gospel message. In the context of our text today, we see that Paul had already been to Ephesus. Okay, uh, He stayed there two years preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, establishing the church. There were people that were, were, were working with him. But you look at chapter 19, verse 11, the Bible says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out of them. Others who were itinerant Jewish exorcists, not followers of Christ now, Jewish exorcists, uh, they saw what happened, and they tried to do the same thing, but it did not work. So you see them, you see them trying to cast out spirits in the name of the Jesus whom Paul preached. But like I said, it didn't work. And most students of the word, and most of us who've been in the church and listened, paid attention to preachers, sometime throughout your church career, you've heard about the seven sons of Sceva. <laughs> Sceva was a Jewish priest. And remember, I said, now, these people are not followers of Christ. Sceva was a Jewish priest, and he had seven sons, and his seven sons were one who, who, who tried to cast out an evil spirit in a man in the name of the Jesus that Paul preached. And that spirit in that man says, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know, but, but who are you? The Bible says that, that then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so much so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to do what Paul was doing without knowing the Christ and having the anointing on their lives that Paul had. So this event, this event in itself caused fear to fall on a lot of people. And the name of the Lord, the Bible says, was magnified. Now that in itself says to me that we, we don't have to try to manufacture the name of the Lord being magnified. We just have to do the work of ministry under the anointing of the Lord, and God will do the rest of the work. God will magnify his own name. Many of those, the Bible says many of those who had believed, came confessing and telling their deeds. Uh, many of those who had believed. So that, that apparently, there were people who had heard the gospel and had believed the gospel, but they had not yet stopped doing some of the stuff that they were doing. Ephesus was a city where Diana was the goddess, and, and, and people worshiped the great goddess Diana. Ephesus was a commercial city. A lot of trading went on in Ephesus. And, 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 and people, people from probably many parts of the then known world would come to Ephesus. So, so, so they worshiped this goddess Diana. There was a silversmith named Demetrius who made, who made idols of Diana, the goddess, and sold it. And they made a whole lot of money by selling these. You know, when I think about this, I think about how people who worship Buddha have images of Buddha all over the place, in their yards, in their houses, and wherever. You see, you see and I'm not making fun of this. I'm just saying that this is, this is the image that I get when I think of this. So, so they were making a lot of money. Off of, off, of their, off, of their, off of their religion, off of worshiping Diana. We have to be real careful today that, that we don't get in the commercial side of Christianity and make a whole lot of money off of selling stuff in the name of making money. There are a lot of, there are a lot of subtle warnings that we see in the scriptures as we study. But anyway, what happened with with, with, with the seven sons of Sceva and, 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 and uh, the evil spirit jumping on them and beating them up and they left the house naked and wounded. I mean, people saw this. People knew 
what had happened. And, and so those who have believed and came confessing their deeds. And many, the Bible says, who practiced magic brought their books and burned them in the public squares. They burned them so that all could see. And they burned so many books. Now, now this is 2022. All right. So when we hear in that day, probably between uh, A.D., help me out, 35, maybe in A.D. 40, somewhere back in then, when we hear that the cost, the value of those books burned totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. There were so many books that it valued $35,000 in our money. But the value was even greater than that because you're talking about one drachma, which was one of those silver coins, being that of a day's wages of a person. So, I mean, this was a mighty miracle. And, and, and the Bible says, the Bible says that, that the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. A lot of people turned to Christ, so much so that this silversmith, silversmith Demetrius called together some of his craftsmen and started talking to them about the danger of Christianity spreading in their city or in their region. He said, it's going to cost us money. We're going to lose money. He said, our wealth comes from selling the images of these gods. And they went out and stirred up the crowd. They started, they started so much so that it was almost a riot. I won't go through all of that. But it shows us that as the word of God starts going forward, Satan will always do things to try to bring confusion. And that's what we've been studying uh, on Wednesday nights in, our, in, our, in, our, in this section of our study. Satan will always disrupt or try to disrupt what God is doing in the earth realm. And this is important because this ties to Paul's commitment and it speaks to our commitment as well. We're talking about completing the task. And to complete the task, it has to deal with our commitment levels. Our commitment level. So a riot broke out because of the fear of those who sold images of Diana. Okay? The crowds were stirred, and Paul, Paul went, and, and, and they, they grabbed two of the men that were with Paul and took them into the public square, and don't tell them what they would have done to them. Paul wanted to, wanted to go in and try to talk to the people, but the Bible says the disciples dissuaded him, and Paul eventually had to leave Ephesus, but he didn't stop on his task. Follow me now. So let's talk a little bit about completing the task, and, I, and I'm going to come back to this. So for us, completing the task speaks to everything we do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Because when you hear the words, it reminds us not to leave any task undone. And when I, when I, when the Lord was dealing with me about this, specifically, He's speaking to us in Tabernacle of Praise. Okay, what has not been completed from the past? All right, we must complete. The assignment's given, and you know, when I'm hearing this, I'm just not just talking to you; I'm talking to me as well. Assignments given in the past. That have not been completed. What have you not completed? What have we not completed? There will be assignments given in the present and in the future that must be completed. Even with winning the loss, even with evangelizing, even with spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to people groups around the world. You know, I've heard over the years certain missionary groups using the term finishing the task, finishing the task, because there are yet people who've not heard the gospel. There's still people groups in the world who've not heard the gospel, and whose responsibility is it to make sure that the gospel message gets out? It's our responsibility, our Christians, born-again believers, and we are part of that group. 
Amen. And somehow or another, in the hearts, in the psyche of every believer, we've got to get this message. We've got to get this, 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 this thought implanted in our minds. It's my responsibility to make sure that this gospel message gets out to everyone who needs to hear it. But Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 14, the end would not come. He would not return until this gospel message has been preached to every nation, in every nation, to every people groups, everybody, every people groups on the face of the earth, every family has to have the opportunity to hear the gospel message. We've got to get this. We've got to get this. We've got to get, the church has to get this. We can't see ourselves just as local tabernacular praise. We can't see ourselves just as local people meeting the needs around here. Because that's what people use when you start talking about doing mission work. We are poor at home. Yes, we do. But we've had the opportunity to hear the gospel. Pay close attention to me. If if we wanted to hear, want to hear the gospel, turn on the television. Turn on the word network. 24 hours a day. Turn on the radio. I mean, we are inundated with the gospel in the United States of America. There's no excuse for people not hearing the gospel. I'm not saying that we don't preach around here. We should continue, and we must. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. We must continue to preach around here, but our focus can't simply be staying in a place where the gospel is preached over and over and over and over and over and over again. So much so people don't want to hear it. We've talked about people using tricks and gimmicks to get people to hear what they say. If you want to hear it today, if you just pay attention to some things you hear on television. To catch people's attention, people have to use tricks and gimmicks. gimmicks. And people have to appeal to the flesh. And when I say appeal to the flesh, and I'll come back to this later on, I'm not talking about dirty things. Amen. I'm not talking about dirty things. Let me go on. I'm going to come to that, and I don't want to preach for two hours this morning. <laughs> uh, Elder, when I, was, when I was reading this, I said, oh, this is the place where Paul preached all night long. That young man fell out of the window. This was a part. This was a part of, of the miracles that God did, and I, and I keep saying I'm going to preach that long one day. I know y'all think I preach a long time, but not yet. Not that long. Paul preached all night long. So much so that the little, the young man sitting in the window went to sleep and fell out. The people thought he fell out of the window, fell down three stories. People thought he was dead, but he wasn't dead. Completing the task is our watchword for 2022 and beyond. It focused on our becoming deliberate in our efforts to advance the kingdom agenda on the local, state, and national, international levels. And when I, when I talked a little bit earlier about, about, you know, reaching people groups and how we must be engaged, don't you know that the Lord is dealing with me about some of the places where we've been ministering for years that we possibly need to pull out of and go other places where people have not heard the gospel? Because this is about the kingdom of, the, of God being advanced. So I'm praying about this already, about where we need to be focusing our dollars and our energies and our efforts in going. Amen? Completing the task, focusing on, on us making disciples and equipping them for the work of the kingdom as we broaden our base of people, amen, who are disciples and who are equipped to make other disciples. You remember the other Sunday I shared with you, the Lord said, broaden the base. Broaden the base. You have a base here, but you need to broaden it. Amen? And I look to the day and hope prayerfully it's not far in the future that we have, that we raise up more teachers of the gospel. Amen? People get excited about preaching, but we need people who will teach. Amen? We need people who will teach, I'll say, and preach the gospel. Proclaim the gospel message that 100% of tabernacle of praise are effectively equipped to explain, to teach the gospel message. And listen, you can't get 
You can't become equipped, amen, and, 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 and then just leave the premises. I need you to help equip others. Amen. I need you to take your, what you've got, amen, to take what you've learned to be effective in reaching others that you have contact with. Amen. 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 Completing the task. Listen now. Completing the task speaks to kingdom excellence in that it gives us the perspective of showing God, proving to God and to the world that we are completers, that we are completers. We don't leave things half done. We keep our commitments. We keep our commitments. Okay. And, and, and listen, when you think about this, when you talk about this, this challenge, this is a challenge for many of us. Even, even me at times, you know, I've been, I, I've got to finish my doctoral work. Amen. That has been laying on my heart. I, I'm going to finish that work. Amen. Um, it's a challenge for a lot of people today. I just, I, I this is one day I, I wish that TOP was, Packed with, with our members. We need to hear this. Amen. Um, the Lord showed me in this, listen now, that, that for believers in this age, in, in this age that we're living in right now, 20, 2022, there is a tension between serious investment in the work of the kingdom of God and to investing in oneself making life good, and making life comfortable for oneself. Many times, we want, we want to do more in and for the kingdom. However, there's always this pull on our devotion. There's always this pull on our time. There's always this pull on our resources. There's always this pull for our personal gain. Pay close attention. How do we, in 2020, um, 2022, in the 21st century, how do we, in the 21st century and in 2022, have the same type of commitment that the Apostle Paul had? How do we have this commitment? Paul said, my life is nothing to me, except that I might finish the task that I might finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of proclaiming the gospel, testifying to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have this type of commitment that our lives, hear it in context, means nothing to us except that we complete the task of testifying to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? or even finishing the race. Paul's intent was not just on preaching there in, in Ephesus where he's, when he's speaking here. He's in Miletus, but he's talking to the elders of the church at Ephesus. But his intention was on going to Jerusalem. Amen. And he said that in every city he went in, that it had been testified that imprisonment, and, 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 and persecution or affliction awaited on him in Jerusalem. That means that, that while he's preaching, everywhere he goes, if we bring it in today's terminology, if he goes, he's, he's been to, to York, he's been to Charlotte, he's been to Asheville, he's been to Cleveland, he's been to Baltimore, uh, maybe even to San Francisco, and everywhere he goes and everywhere he preaches, the Holy Spirit says, you're going to Jerusalem, but, a, but, but imprisonment and affliction waits on you in Jerusalem. But Paul says, I've got to go to Jerusalem. How do we have that commitment? How do we have this type of commitment in 2022? What's the whole issue of, of 2022? Well, you know, think about the pull of the world on us. All right. Think about the pull of the world on us. And so it, it, this is internal. All right. <laughs> because we want to be happy. Yeah. 
We, 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 we want to fulfill our own needs. Sometimes we say we're trusting God to do it, but you have to be careful in what, when, you, when you say you're trusting God to do it and then you make it your deliberate effort to do it. I'm not saying that we shouldn't plan. Hear me in context, all right? Yeah. In order for us to have more, and that's what we do. We want more. Amen. We want more. We do. We want more. Sometimes I, when I'm getting ready to cook, all I need to do is go to the freezer and take out what's in the freezer. But it takes a little bit more effort and time to wait for it to unthaw. So I go to the store and I buy more. And before you know it, because you keep buying more and you don't cook what you already have, what you already have has been in the freezer for so long you have to throw it away. We want more. We want more. We want more clothes. We want more shoes. You know, we want more. We want a bigger house. We want a newer car. We want more. We want more money in the bank. We want more. Hmm. And in order to have more, you have to spend more time on your own personal goals and agendas. Think about it. In order to arrive, <laughs> hallelujah, and have the money that you need to do everything that you want to do. And, and the church world is framing this thing so that it appeals to a generation of people who definitely have been raised not satisfied. Because we've raised our children not satisfied. Because we raised them, giving them more. We wanted our children to have more than what we had. But we didn't teach them some of the things that came along with the more. Some of us, not all of us, you know. In order for us to have extra money, we had to work for it in my generation. So when I got old enough, not only did I cut grass at home, but I had my little, my, my, some of my older cousins, I had my job where I went around and cut that grass and made extra money. So I, I couldn't get more from my parents who had 10 other children beside me. I had to work for it. Sometimes we have one, two, and three children, and we're constantly giving them more without giving them responsibility. So we see, I mean, just look around you. Go to fast food places and pay attention to the work ethic. Pay attention to the work ethics of people don't want to work. They want more, but they don't want to work for it. And then we see this whole drug culture of getting fast money. And a lot of times we see it worn on people. They drive more than you see it in the cars that they drive. We see it in the homes that they live in, more. But how do we have this type of commitment that Paul had that's displayed here in the scripture? How do we have this when we love pleasure more than we love God? How? And it's a, it's a struggle, saints. It is a, it is a struggle for people who've raised, who've been raised focused in on themselves. How do we, how do we have this commitment? I wonder, I, I don't know. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell me, and so maybe I shouldn't even mention it, but I wonder how many times a year did Paul take a vacation? How many times a year did he go to the beach and just stretch out on on the beach and get a suntan. So I'm not preaching the gospel to anybody now. I'm on vacation. I wonder, wonder. I wonder how many times Jesus just took a vacation, didn't pray, <laughs> didn't tithe, well, or didn't, didn't, didn't do anything for the kingdom. I just wonder. But we want, we love pleasure. And it's okay. Listen now, listen, let me tell you. I'm not saying that having money is wrong. Having money is good. You got to pay your bills. You got to support the kingdom. Bible says a man who doesn't work doesn't eat. But how do we put all of this in perspective of our commitment that our lives mean nothing to us? 
except that we might finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, 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 and, and remember, remember Jesus said in Matthew, uh, in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 6, verse 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, a lot of times, we see people who are going to the church and who are doing the things of church ministry, but their hearts are not really there. That's not their treasure. The gospel is not their treasure. The work of the kingdom is not their treasure. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when we look at this commitment that Paul had, this was his treasure. So this is where his heart was. You wonder sometimes why we don't complete the task that we need to complete? Because that task is not our treasure. We may do things because it's the right thing to do or because we are told to do it or because we are committed to a person in the natural, not necessarily the person of the Holy Spirit, but that's not our treasure. So where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. So that's this tension between investing in the work of the kingdom of God and investing in oneself and fulfilling uh, one's personal desire. So, so we got to ask the question, if I'm going to have this concept, this commitment that the apostle Paul had of completing the task, what do I need to do? Well, well, this might help. This might help somebody. One of the truths that Jesus taught and, and that, we, that we must always remember uh, is that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Or lies originate <laughs> with the devil. He's the prince of the power of the air. He and his demons, the other angels that followed him in, in, in his rebellion against God, they've been cast out of heaven. They're in, in this earth's atmosphere. Satan's master weapon is deceit. He tried, he deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. He's still using that today. He's still using that against people today. He is so, he tried to use it against Jesus. He tried to deceive Jesus in the wilderness experience, okay? Satan was actually trying to abort God's plan to bring about the salvation of all men. And in the temptation, he offered Jesus the entire world. You can have the riches of this world. He took him up on the high mountain and showed him everything. And he said, you can have all of this if you just bow down and worship me. Jesus already had all of that, so he didn't need to bow down. But that was the temptation. The temptation he's using with us is get rich. But in getting rich, you got to compromise. Now, I don't want to argue with anybody about compromise. I just want you to hear and I want you to meditate on it because there are things that you have to do in this world many times other than just simply investing in the right things. There are some compromises that people have to make. Compromise. compromise. In the parable of the sower, listen, listen, in the parable of the sower, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus talks about the sower that went out to sow and where some seeds fell. He said, some seeds fell among the thorns. All right. Then he said, this was the explanation. Then he said, these are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things entering in Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. The deceitfulness of riches. Again, let me say, there's nothing wrong with making money. But when you, well, let's, let's say it like, like Paul said to Timothy. The love of money is a what? The root of all evil. Uh, I, I have to, I, I'm reminded of my son uh, in one of his job uh, um interviews with this guy, uh, the guy who wanted him to come had somebody else interview him. And in essence, in the conversation, there were some things that, that my son wouldn't agree to. And the guy went back and told the one who sent him to interview, said, he's too honest to work with us. 
Well, when you're about making money, many times you do what it takes to make money. All of us have heard of, 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 of the car salesman that was so good that they can sell you a <laughs> they can sell you a lemon, making you think it's the best car in the world. When you want to make money, the deceitfulness of riches. Yeah, 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 yeah. So hear the warnings in Jesus' words. Hear the warnings in Jesus' words. Amen? About the focus on becoming wealthy. I, I like having money, but that's one thing I've never focused on, getting rich. Sometimes I will sit back and I would think about some of my seminary classmates who, who were in school the same time I was. And here I am in, in York, South Carolina, making the money I'm making. And they're making three and four times the money they're making where they are. And I'm saying, you know, we have the same degree. We went to the same school. What's wrong with me? Well, is there anything wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm, I'm fulfilling what the Lord has assigned for me. And the Lord has supplied all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I look over my life, and I look back over my life, and I see the blessings of the Lord. Yeah, it would be wonderful to own an airplane. You all remember when we were in full gospel? You know, people were getting airplanes, and folk were testifying, I was going to have an airplane. I don't need an airplane. Just buy me a ticket. Give me a first-class ticket at that. I can get to where I need to go. I don't need, I don't need the extra expense of having a, having a pilot and, and having an airplane and buying the jet fuel. I don't need all of that. I just need to get to where I need to go. Amen. People are prophesying, oh, you're going to have, I, I'm going to get rich and I'm going to buy you an airplane. I haven't seen that airplane yet. Amen. Sometimes we get off track. We hear some of these things said in the church and we think that that's where our focus has to be and we're not completing the task that God has placed in our hands right where we are. Paul said, I consider my life nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So we're going to have this type of commitment that Paul had, amen, we have to deal with the tension between investing in the kingdom of God and the work of the kingdom of God and investing in our own selves, investing in our own work, investing in our own pleasure, investing in our own comfort. We got to deal with that tension. I'm not saying that you can't have things, and I'm definitely not saying, but we got to, we have to deal with that tension, Something is going to go lacking. I would rather for the things for myself. Paul said, I don't count my life as value to anything. It's not, if, if I'm killed doing the preaching the gospel, that's all right. Because my life belongs to Christ. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. A lot of believers don't have that commitment because we want to live. A second thing that I'm led to tell you today is watch out for, for the noise of the world around you. The tension between working for the kingdom of God and working for your own personal comfort and pleasure many times is an internal struggle. Yes, it has an external component because you, you're listening to what people say. You, you're watching people around you, you know, uh, who focuses on, whose focus is on their own pleasure, you know, and having things, even in the church, you know. You, you remember, you remember uh, Preachers of L.A.? Anybody remember that show? I couldn't watch it but once or twice because it grieved my spirit. But, so, so the, anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah. But, so there are those voices that are around you, but there are other voices. There are other voices who are, who are in your ear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have to be careful about those noises that are definitely opposed to the kingdom of God. So the noise is the commotion and the confusion caused by those who want to stop the work of the kingdom. Listen, listen, listen. Yeah. Satan is going to throw kinks into God's plans. I'll try to anyway. 
He's going to throw kinks, um, things, he's going to go throw things in your path that's intended to make you stumble. Yeah. He's going to do things to upset you. He's going to do things to discourage you. He's going to do things to dissuade you from the work of God. Look at the commotion that took place in Ephesus. All because people were getting saved, but the other people were losing money. Or they feared, they feared they were losing money. The Bible didn't say they were actually losing money, but the fear was if the gospel keeps spreading, we're going to lose money. Now, there were enough people who followed Satan, who worshiped Diana, who weren't going to be converted, that they could have continued to make money. Make money. But Satan put this fear in their minds that if people keep getting saved, that this gospel keeps spreading, that we're going we're gonna to lose, lose our wealth. We're going to lose our wealth. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 but Paul wasn't discouraged by the commotion around him. He wasn't discouraged by the, the emotion around him, the commotion around him. He, he, his intent was on continuing to preach the gospel to go into Jerusalem, even though imprisonment and affliction was waiting on him. He was determined that he was going to go to Jerusalem and then on to Rome. But this commotion was an attempt to dissuade or to discourage Paul. That's what it was, okay? I'll tell you, when, 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 the, when the devil gets to work, God will always make a way for you. So even though Paul left Ephesus, he came back to Miletus because his work wasn't done, and he sent for the elders of the church at Ephesus to meet him in Miletus. And while he was there in Miletus, this is where this text is, is recorded. While he was there in Miletus speaking to the elders of the church, he was able to encourage them in the work that they were engaged in and challenge them to continue to work. Now, 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 saints, when I talk about this commotion, this noise that's around us that's going to come from people or come through people, we know that people, people are not our enemy. That's what we have to remember. We have to always remember that. Ephesians 6 and 12 says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So when he says, it says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, he's saying we don't wrestle against people. People are not our enemy. Satan is our enemy. The principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this age, the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly realm, they are our enemy. Now, we know that the devil can use people, and he'll use people to discourage us. He will use people to upset us. I want you to just bring your minds into the church right now. Okay, into the ministry because we're an agent of the kingdom and it's our responsibility to spread the kingdom of agenda. So Satan will use people to upset you. Satan will use people to, to discourage you. Satan will use people uh, to dissuade you from the things of God. Yep. Think about Peter. You remember when Peter was... Jesus was talking about going to the cross. It was Peter who's, who, who in essence tried to rebuke Jesus. He said, that's not for you. Don't even talk that way. But Jesus' words to Peter were, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 through 19. Listen to what Paul says to, as he writes to the church at Rome. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings you've learned. Paul said, watch out for them. Mark them, the King James says. He goes on to say, um, yeah, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talking, by flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, he says to the church at Rome. So I rejoice because of you, but I want you to be wise about what's good 
and innocent about what is evil. So he says, watch out for people in the congregation. Watch out for people who call themselves Christians who will do things to dissuade you. Many times in the church, there's a lot of noise. There's murmuring. There's complaining. Somebody's not satisfied about this. Somebody doesn't like that person. Somebody doesn't like the other person. Only that's not of God. How can we be a part of the body of Christ and not like each other? If you got an issue with people, you need to get your heart right. You need to get your heart right. And if you are causing an issue, you need to get your heart right. Amen? Because we've got to work with everybody in the body of Christ. Amen. Are there people I don't particularly care for? Yes, Lord. <laughs> Amen. But this is not about me. It's about the kingdom. And if there's something that we need to do together to advance the kingdom, let's come together and advance the kingdom. I got a call yesterday, and it was noise. And I was like, what does this have to do with me? And I quickly got off the phone. Because it didn't have anything. I didn't need to hear that noise. That had nothing to do with me. Nothing at all to do with me. And it was just noise. And so in the body of Christ, saints, you got to watch out for noise. There, there are some naive people that get pulled in the mess in the church. They don't know how to watch out for the noise. Don't you be a noisemaker. Amen. Don't be a noisemaker. Don't be one that, that creates commotion. And create, if we're going to complete the task, we need people who are committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ and testifying to that gospel, not only through the preaching and through the teaching, but through the way that we live, through how we deal with one another. Watch out for the commotion makers, the confusion makers. They will stir up stuff in the church. Demetrius, one man, with a couple of his buddies that were also making money, stirred up commotion in the whole city. Noisemakers, intended to dissuade Paul, intended to dissuade the believers. Commo Watch out for the noise, saints. If we're going to have this commitment to complete the task that the Lord has given to us, you've got to watch out for those noisemakers. Amen. Sometimes... You know, you know, as pastor, you can't tell everything. <laughs> and sometimes, because you have to be careful how you say things to people. Because I listen to people talk about some people, you know, they're always, they don't see anything bad. I think that that's a good thing. But they don't see the commotion that people have made in the church. Some of those same good people have created confusion in the church. And, I, and sometimes I want to say, you're not seeing correctly. You know, sometimes you're not on the inside. It was like, you know, when I was on the bishop's council, I mean, and the College of Bishops in full gospel. I was not on the inner inside, but I was inside enough to see some stuff. So there were things that I knew because of what I saw, and it was not my place to go out and scandalize anybody's name because I wasn't going to be a commotion maker. Amen? Sometimes in the church, there are people who create, let's cut that out. 2022, don't be a commotion maker and don't listen to the commotion. And we're going to have the commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, I appreciate people loving me and being committed to me, but I want you to be committed to Jesus. Amen? Because in this process, there are things that are going to tug on you. You got to be committed to Jesus so that whatever happens around you, you'll be like Paul that says, I don't care. My life does not mean anything to me except that I might finish the race and complete the task, the task of testifying to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's commitment. That's a commitment level that we have to come to. Don't be divided. Don't be divided in your commitment level. Be committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Watch out for the busybodies. People are always in everybody's business. 
telling everybody's business but their own. Watch out for them. Watch out for them. Watch out for them. Yeah. Watch out for those always talking about people. Watch out for them. Watch out for them. Ooh. 2022, our year of completing the task. Yes, in the larger context, it's making sure the gospel message reached the ends of the earth, that every people group have an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot forget that. But then on the everyday here and now level, amen, we have to engage in ministry every day of our lives. It's the task of completing those things that have been assigned to you and me. Now, going forward, you're going to hear a lot of things about completing the task. You're going to hear some particular things about completing the task. I want you to write this thing down and put it somewhere uh, in your house. Put it in your notebook. Put it in your wallet. Put it on the face of your computer. Put it, put it, put it on the bathroom mirror. Put it on the, com- on the refrigerator door. Completing the task. We're going to put it around the center. We're not gathering enough for us to see it all. But I want this in your mind and in your spirit, completing the task so that everything we engage in in 2022, the mindset is, we're not going to stop this until we complete it. I'm not going to end my assignment. I'm not going to quit my assignment. I'm going to complete it because once I complete this, there's something else God has for me to do. Just with your commitment. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you empty or void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word and the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you, Lord God, for what your word will accomplish. As we start this year, we hear you say, complete the task. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If there's anyone today who's not accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, we give you this time right now. This time is for you. This time is for you. to Come to receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Well, maybe you're listening to us online, and I pray that you are. pray that you're listening. I pray that you've heard. You need to be engaged in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. God didn't create you. God didn't allow you to be born into this world for you to be used by Satan. You were born with a purpose. You were born to glorify God. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus gave his life for you. Will you accept what Christ did for you? You'll be, will you become a part of his work? If you will, just pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. But Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for providing salvation for me right now, Lord Jesus. I accept what you did for me on the cross. I accept you as my Savior and my Lord. Come into my life. Save me. I receive you now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise 
at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.